The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Danny, love to use, love to speak. I give love to Shane, and same thing goes for Danny. Afternoons on the score. Love is back, looking, backpedaling, throws to the end zone, got a man wide open, and that's caught for a touchdown. Jordan Love hangs it up, and Bo Melton makes the catch in the near corner of the end zone, and the Packers add on up 29-3, 49 seconds to go in the third, and the Green Bay Packers are blowing out the Minnesota Vikings. It's Green Bay 30, Minnesota 3. Bears can play spoiler on Sunday. And by the way, Remy Martin and 670 The Score want to give you a chance to play hoops on the United Center Court of Dreams. Look for the Remy display at your local retailer and scan the code to enter. Details at 670thescore.com slash contests. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. We'll talk to Jalen Johnson in 30 minutes. I got out on the Justin Fields thing. I got off the bandwagon, what, week three, <clears throat> week four, something like that. Yep. After the terrible, terrible, terrible beginning uh, to the season, and there was a moment where I sort of wanted to get back on, and you wouldn't let me because it was sort of mealy mouth. You could tell my heart wasn't really in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not fully there now. But if he balls out and beats the Packers this weekend and outplays Jordan Love as the seventh and final data point in this testing ground here at the end of the year, I think I'm going to be back in. Okay. I get it. It will probably cement me being back. Probably, it will probably cement it. Uh, Jordan Love has already thrown this year for more yards uh, than well, – was thrown for more touchdowns than any Bear ever, and he just passed the single-season passing yardage record as well. He just passed Eric Kramer. Yeah, he's at 3,843 passing yards, and he's got 30 touchdowns. He's 157 to get to 4,000. Which has never happened in Bears history, but this has never happened either. So it's, uh, it's not great. So, not- so Jordan Love has already had a better year than any quarterback in the history of the, of the franchise. Correct. <laughs> it's kind of upsetting, you, man. You were hoping that he was going to be terrible. I know. You wanted it to happen. He said he sucks. Sucks. I Declared believe so. But yeah. Yeah. Jordan Love sucks. They just don't deserve this. Yeah. After that game where he, it was glorious. I think you used glorious 15 times in like a 30-second stretch. You were on cloud nine. That Raiders game where he threw three picks? Yeah. That was a fun one. That was a fun game. Yeah. And he's been really, really good since then. That's correct. Throwing to yeah. like five different unknown young wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Youngest offense in the league. It's upsetting. Uh, all right. Ask for calls. Ten lines lit up. There's a lot going on with the Bears. <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts out there in the universe. Was it, this is Shad on the south side. Shad, you're on the score. Welcome back to the station, fellas. Love hearing your articulate voices in the afternoon. Man, I want to put something to you guys and give you a little perspective for the conversation this evening. I hope that y'all could take this to the next segment. Speeds, I go back to when you was on the show with Pat Manley, and I made a conversation with you when you fell off the bandwagon at a point in time because the Bears didn't have enough guys with Gawagi. And when they went out and got guys that had Gawagi, you saw improved play from a Jake Cutler that we hadn't previously seen. Mm. Now, I think since Jake Cutler, we haven't seen a quarterback that has had excited the entire fan base that Justin Fields has. The first time I've ever seen in a Bears fan and observe over 30 years, the city raising to the point of calling one person's name has never been done to say that it's a, a tough decision for Ryan Poles. I think it makes it easy for him. 
you look at what's actually guaranteed to be more legit, more concrete in this draft, and you think about the opportunity to put a Washington receiver, a Dunze, along with Har- Marvin Harrison Jr. next to Justin Fields and DJ Moore. What's both of them? Listen to me. This is the concept. Even though we're looking at the next Mahomes, how about an opportunity of saying, remember when Jay Cutler was in the Super Bowl with the dynamic defense? with the cover two defense that similarly looks like what we have constructed right now. I don't Picture remember him. That. Have, well, I mean, remind you, Danny, even though you were watching probably Elvis gray back or somebody in KC at that <laughs> point, what I'm going to say is the color didn't go Chicago, to the, he didn't go to the Super Bowl though. It was Rex, man. It was Rex. The, if you had more receivers as opposed to just Mike uh, Forte or just one weapon, Cutler may have gotten over the hump. We may have gotten over the hump if we had more tools offensively. We haven't invested in that side of the ball ever. Danny, comprehend where Pose came from. He knows how to build offense. Come back on the bus. Shane's got the brisket on deck. Let's go, guys. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for the call, man. Love the call. Sean, but, yeah, call. But, but Poles came from the place where they drafted somebody great <laughs> that had the quarterback who had won double digit games three years in a row yeah. and he traded up to take a quarterback hmm. i mean because they were like we've got good but we think we can get great striving for greatness mm-hmm is something that I will always celebrate and applaud even if it comes with risk of downside. That is that is why I still would take the swing at the top of the draft with the quarterback because I believe that one of these guys can be great and it's Ryan Poles' job to figure out which one it is. And I, I understand the Cutler comparison, but here's the thing. I did middays for every game of the Jay Cutler era right, right here at the score. And how many excuses were made for Cutler? He doesn't have the line. He doesn't have the offensive coordinator. He doesn't have the yeah, receivers. Of course. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. Over the course of his career, they gave him everything. Eventually, he had Brandon Marshall and a young Alshon Jeffrey who was pretty damn good. And it still wasn't enough. So I disagree that Cutler did not have enough. Nick on the north side is on Parkinson Spiegel. What up, Nick? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call, and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, I want to bring it back to last offseason. Um, I remember, Danny, you were asking people, what does success look like in terms of number of wins? Seven or eight seem to be the general consensus between all the callers, and that's exactly where we're at. It doesn't feel that way because I feel like this number one pick has completely clouded our judgment and blinded us to the actual success that this season has had. The progress made on all three phases of the game are evident. So, I mean, applause the pace, applause the Eberflus and the coaching staff, uh, minus Gutsy. But at this point, I kind of just trust polls. Like, if they keep fields, that means they have a vision for sustained progression in terms of getting to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. If they trade him away and take Caleb or, you know, Drake May, they obviously have enough tape. So, I'm on your side. Whatever polls does, I trust. All right, yeah, th- thanks, Nick. That, that, that's, that's a unique I, place to be, right? Listen, that's how I open the show. Like, I, I think he's going to draft Caleb and trade Fields. I would draft Caleb and trade Fields. But he deserves the benefit of the doubt, and I love Justin. People have made it out like you threw the QB1 party, and now you've advocated for dra- uh, drafting Caleb Williams. You hate Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields. Literally, most exciting bear with a ball in his hand in my lifetime. Huge fan. Just... The opportunity for true greatness at that position, 
as a passer that we've never seen before and something that is sustainable is something that I like. I like firing David Ross to go get Craig Council. Now, now Council, known commodity, uh, Caleb Williams, not. Like I know, I know that that's not a perfect apples-to-apples apples comparison. Oh, it's not remotely a, a, a perfect comparison because of that. Council, very much a known commodity. Caleb Williams has never played it down in the NFL. Of and course. Nine of the last 15 drafts, the best quarterback has not been the first quarterback taken. Right, it's, but it is still the cleanest path to draft a good quarterback. Okay, but you've got a good quarterback. No, no, I uh, sure a, yeah, a, a great. Quarterback. You're trying for a great quarterback, and I know it's a tremendous opportunity, but you got to get it right. And there's so much you don't know. There's just so much you don't know about Definitely. these guys. D- no, no question, it's a huge risk. It will define Ryan Poles, yeah. and if he trades Fields and drafts a bust, he gets fired. But if he keeps Fields and passes on Caleb. And he becomes the next Mahomes. Maybe he doesn't get fired right away because next year's team will be good and he will have a bunch of draft capital and he'll get to see it through. But the only way you win consistently for a long time in the NFL is if you have a great quarterback or you're the Niners. <laughs> and that's what, three winning seasons in four years? It's not even that large of a sample size. They have a pretty good quarterback, though, too. 4,280 yards. He set a record for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, but I'm just saying, and by the way, it's it's been four years. Like, let's let's see what the Niners look like when they don't have Trent Williams and George Kittle. You know what I mean? It's Hater. I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to do to win consistently like that. Down in Houston, Chris is on the score. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? You know, you, you what you say about the 49ers is really – my point, because they have such a loaded team. I think that the the math I'm doing isn't just can we upgrade from Justin Fields, which I'm open to. I will be open to. I mean, first of all, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. Um, but the, the question is, is Caleb Williams doesn't have to be better than Justin Fields. He has to be better than Justin Fields plus the haul that we would get for trading the number one of our draft pick. And none of the quarterbacks I'm seeing uh, has convinced me thoroughly that he's better than trading number one overall draft and everything we could get for that. See, you know what? Right. Listen, Chris, I, I've seen people make that point on the internet, and technically you are correct, right? They are two assets, and one comes with a bunch of other things, and the other is just the, the player, Caleb Williams. But yep. – if Caleb Williams is the guy that Ryan Poles would think that he is if he takes him and passes on fields, Caleb Williams is the Bears quarterback when DJ Moore is retired. Caleb Williams is the Bears quarterback when all of these guys are off the team, right? Like quarterbacks can play for 15 years in, in the NFL. So I actually do think it does directly matter is Caleb Williams significantly better than Justin Fields? Like, I do think that's the sure. – I do think that, like, for next year, it's Fields plus Marvin Harrison Jr. plus other draft picks. But, like, for the Bears for the next decade, I do think it is more about Fields v. Caleb. Well, if you're sure about Caleb Williams, like, if you're going to say to me, we're going to trade Justin Fields plus number one overall draft pick for Pat Mahomes – you have a known commodity there. Right. No, no Caleb question. Williams, That's right. Person, for, for me, 
I personally think that Caleb Williams is going to turtle when things go bad in the NFL. If he hasn't been able to handle the pressure of college football, I think he's got Jamarcus Russell written, written all over him. That's for me. But I think that you have to be you have to be sure. Now, if if, if Ryan Poles is sure, well then fair enough. He hasn't done enough to show me. None of these quarterbacks have done enough to show me that he's going to. Any of them are going to be the one to break the trend of the number one overall drafted quarterback being disappointing to say the least. Thank you, Chris. Most likely to happen. Chris, good call. Good, good call, Chris. Uh, Ten to those other humans in the car. I yeah. love that idea of making a phone call to a sports radio station. And like, You're driving the kid <laughs> home from school. Keep it down. Yeah, wife's <laughs> riding shotgun. Kids are on the back seat watching Bluey. We appreciate the priority, the yeah. understandable uh, priority. See, that's the thing. I, I, yeah, he's got to be better than Fields, and he's got to be – I don't think he has to be necessarily completely better than the Hall, but he has to be solid in the ways that – Fields is solid as a person, as a professional, and as, as as a learner and as a leader. And I just don't think you can know most of that stuff. That's what makes it so difficult for me. You got to study it. You got it. You know what I mean? The, these guys have teammates and coaches and friends yeah. and, and and all of that stuff. You got to study it. So last year when we we're doing polls position, there was no definitive number one quarterback. We're talking about it like we think it's Caleb. Do you still think it's going to be Caleb definitively number one, even with everything that's percolating out there? I do. The odds makers do. But, you know, obviously that can change. And if there's a quarterback that is better than Caleb Williams, he should go number one. You know, there's a there's a – there's a point about this that probably isn't made enough. We can do that. I want to hear what these guys would do also. We'll take more calls after Jalen Johnson at 5 o'clock. Parkinson's Spiegel on the score.